Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media, to make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Always on the, the final two Sundays of the, of the Coptic year, we read from uh, the Gospel of St. Mark and the Gospel of St. Matthew, the end of times. And perhaps the church knew that um, Labor Day weekend people would be traveling, and so they needed to repeat it twice, uh, just in case people missed it. Uh, but each week, there's a little bit of a different emphasis. And this morning's, uh, there's a great deal of emphasis, not only in the gospel, but in the rest of the readings, uh, on how it is that people can be deceived. And really how it is that we deal with that deception when it comes. So in this morning's gospel, Mark 13, verse 5, Jesus, we're told, began to speak to the disciples and saying, take heed that no one deceives you. Be careful that you don't get deceived by anyone. For many will come in my name saying, I am he and will deceive many. Right? So we know in the end of times and perhaps on times of our lives that we feel like, man, this is the end. This is a really difficult time that oftentimes what happens is people can deceive us. And we also know that the reason people can be deceived is that when things get difficult, we oftentimes go fishing for solutions. We go fishing for answers in sometimes all the wrong places. St. Cyprian of Carthage, he says, the more the enemy rages, the more people become deceived by error. And so Christ's warning, his caution to us later in the gospel that false Christs and false prophets will rise and show signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. And so this, this warning to not be deceived is not just for the people that are, man, they're just sliding by in their faith, but these are, if possible, even the elect. In other words, this is a, 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 a word that's being used to describe people that are strong in their faith, they're solid, and if possible, if possible, it says even these might be deceived. One of the things that we oftentimes, I think as um, disciples, as, as people that we struggle with is that we're good until things become not good. And the moment things become not good, sometimes we become less good in, in our faith. Christ d- describes in this account a number of things that will happen that can cause people to, uh, to doubt or to become weaker, perhaps. Now, this last 10 days, we've had this beauty uh, in the church of on August 24th, August 28th, and August 29th, uh, we had three families that welcomed a new addition into their, their families. And, uh, and I had the blessing to speak with two of the three moms. 
And what I noticed when I spoke to them is their voices sounded really weak. They were, um, understandably, it was, I think, the day after they had just given birth. And uh, they had endured a great deal of labor. Now, the birth of a child is a beautiful thing. But it's also, from what I've been told, never experienced, but what I've been told is it's a very painful process as well. And so Christ, in this morning's gospel, he says that there's a few things that kind of relate to that type of labor pain or labor pain. He says that when there is war, earthquakes, famines, and troubles, these are just the beginning of birth pains, right? So, yes, there is... This is just the beginning. Like this is, ladies, this is just the early contractions, okay? This is not really going into labor yet. These are just the contractions, okay? So when these things come, when these sufferings that Christ describes comes, the earthquakes, the famines, I know some of you are like, the moms are like, wait, wait, the earthquakes and the famines, and those, those are just the contractions, and the guys are sitting there, we're like, yeah, so, so wait, what's the difference, right? But needless to say, it's going to get worse, right? And what Jesus cautions us of this morning, he says, know that when these things come, this is just the beginning, it's going to get worse. Now think about, for a second with me, War and how it is that when, because you might look and say like, yeah, war today happens. And when it happens, it's on the opposite side of the world and it doesn't really affect us. But think about the emotional, just the emotional distress that's caused when you hear that some friends or family members are fighting, maybe at war with each other. And the amount of emotional heaviness that that causes. Think about with an earthquake. If, has anyone ever lived through an earthquake? I'm the only one here. Wow. All right. So it's really a disorienting thing. I remember when I was, I was in middle school, I had, my family had just moved to California, and um, I'm having my cinnamon toast crunch. We're watching He-Man in the morning before going to school. Those were the good days of cartoons. And all of a sudden, my brother's in, in the bathroom. He's getting clean, like showered up, ready to go. And the house starts shaking. And I'm thinking, by the way, when the house is shaking, it's, it's disorienting. Like, I'm thinking, again, I'm, I think, 11, 12 at the time, that there's a truck that's trying to move my house. It's my first earthquake. And, uh, and I start running in circles around the house, and I run to the bathroom where my brother is, and, uh, and he's like, hey, what's going on? I'm like, I have no idea, and I just bolt out of the house. I run out of the house. And I just see other people just standing there like this, kind of looking at their house, right? It's a disorienting feeling when you're in an earthquake. And I want you to consider how we've all experienced earthquakes, spiritual earthquakes in our lives. Maybe when you've lost a loved one. Maybe when you've emigrated or you've been had to leave your country, right? Maybe when there has been a traumatic experience in your life, Jesus is saying, be, know that these sorts of difficulties, when they come, don't be deceived. Famines, the frustration 
that we feel sometimes when we see other people unable to put food on their tables. Or perhaps others who are experiencing emotional or spiritual famine and how saddening that can be when you see someone in such a condition. Discomfort. When we experience it or other people experience it, it drives many people to accepting more lies. They go fishing for answers and solutions in all the wrong places. Think about some of the lies people believe. Keep putting it off until tomorrow. One more drink, it's going to make you feel better. It's going to help. You'll find happiness and fulfillment in picking on others. Eating a whole tub of ice cream will drown out your sadness. Well, maybe on that one, but we have to be careful because when we're uncomfortable, we become extra vulnerable to lies, to being deceived. And that's what Christ is cautioning us of this morning. And so Jesus tells us, take heed. See, I've told you all things beforehand. I told you discomfort was coming. I told you people would try to deceive you. Don't fall for the lie. In verse 28 and 29, Jesus tells us, learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and put forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So you also, when you see these things happening, know that it's near at the doors. In other words, what Christ is telling us is you have to expect that difficulty is coming. Now, unfortunately, a lot of people spend a lot of time trying to like analyze the newspapers and magazines and scour the internet to try to find out, okay, what is the sign? When is the day that the end of time is going to be here? And what are the prophecies? And there's like all these Bible prophecy books and And what they miss along the way is that they're experiencing such um, environments in their lives at that time. (laughs) They're looking for the end, which may not be in our lifetime. I know every generation says it's coming. And I know many of us feel like, man, it's coming. But what Christ is telling us is when difficulty comes, don't be deceived. Don't look in the wrong places. Because oftentimes that's what happens. When we're feeling down, we turn to the wrong places. When we're frustrated, we turn to the wrong things. When we're disappointed or we're sad, we turn to the wrong people. When those things happen, where will we turn? 1 Kings chapter 13, there's an account of this man who's described as a man of God on one hand, and then another one, an old prophet. Okay? Now, the man of God had went up from Judah, which is in the southern kingdom, and Israel was the northern kingdom. He goes up from the southern kingdom to the northern kingdom to preach, to prophesy to them, because the northern kingdom had become so spiritually empty, had become so deceived, that there was no prophet, no man of God who is preaching there. Now, as this man of God goes up, he preaches on his way back. This old prophet, he hears 
that this man of God is here and he says to his sons, go call him for me. And so the man of God is coming down and the prophet's kids intercept him and says, hey, this old prophet wants to speak to you. And as he goes, the old prophet says to him, hey, come and have eat with me, break bread with me. And the man of God says, I can't. He says, God has instructed me not to go. God has instructed me that I must return back as soon as I preach. And the old prophet, the scripture tells us, he lied to him. He says, well, God told me that you should come. And it says, and the scripture says, and he was lying. But the man of God, simple, said, okay, if God told you that, then you know what? I should come. And so he goes and he breaks bread, something that seems really like fairly innocent. And uh, while he's sitting there, the man of God receives a prophecy from the Lord. It says, because you have disobeyed the word of the Lord. The Lord spoke to him and says, because you disobeyed the word of the Lord, have not kept the commandment which the Lord your God commanded you, but you came back, ate bread, drank water in the place of which the Lord said to you, eat no bread and drink no water, your corpse shall not come into the tomb of your fathers. That seems pretty intense, right? But he allowed himself to be deceived. Adam allowed himself to be deceived by his wife. His wife, Eve, allowed herself to be deceived by the serpent. And so when we receive a word from the Lord, we can either try to find loopholes or be careful because if your heart is in the right place, Others will try to find loopholes for you. Others will try to deceive you. Today's Pauline epistle, 1 Thessalonians 2, tells us, For this reason we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it, not as the word of men, but as truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. It amazes me that the, the answer to every Sunday school question since we were little kids has been, one of them has always been, read your Bible, right? God is love, go to church, read your Bible. And it also amazes me how little Christians consistently read their Bible on a daily basis. Psalm 1 tells us that Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, or stands in the path of the sinner, or sits in the seat of the scornful. But his, in his law, in the law of the Lord, he meditates day and night. He delights in the law of the Lord. Psalm 119 tells us that, How shall a man, young man keep himself pure? By keeping the word of God. Tertullian, in his prescription against the heretics or heresy, he says, how is it that we can keep ourselves from falling into heresy? He said, by immersing ourselves in the word of God and listening to no other voice. Origen tells us that when reading the word of God, he said, if you read it as just a text, it would be like water. But if you read it in the presence of God, in the presence of the Holy Spirit, in relation with Christ, he says it'll be like wine that'll bring joy to your life.
this morning, I want to encourage because it's really easy for, for each and every one of us to get deceived by earthquakes, by famines, whether emotional or spiritual, by other things that may deceive us, that may draw us away, may tug on us when we're feeling like weak emotionally, spiritually, physically. Sometimes we're just fishing for any answer to make us feel a little bit better. And this morning, Christ is telling us if we don't want to be deceived, we've got to turn not to the false Christ and false prophets, but we've got to turn to the word himself, to Christ himself, and to the prophets which point us to that Christ. This morning, I want to encourage you as you continue to, we continue to pray in liturgy, that perhaps this word might rest in your heart, might settle in your heart. You might commit yourself to really rededicating, if you're not already, to reading the word on a daily basis, to searching the scripture for the truth, to committing yourself to listening to no other voice than the word of God himself. Not just the text, but the person who speaks to us, who reveals himself to us through text, through the scripture, through the Bible. That when you're feeling down or frustrated or famished, that you would commit yourself and say, I'm not turning to other sources. God, I'm turning to you. You are my source of life. You are my stability. You are the one who I can put my hope and my trust in. And you're the one who told me that in the world you'll have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. This morning, let's commit ourselves to being in the word himself as we read the words of scripture, as we search the Bible, to know him, to encounter him, and to live in his truth. All glory be to God forever. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart, and we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.